1: for 20% off your first system.
2: Hello, hello, and welcome to Get Lifted with me, Lisa Snowden. Thank you so much for joining. Today's episode is a bit of a combination, really, and I found it quite hard to give it a title. So what I've called it is Confidence self-assurance and setting boundaries because we tackle all of these topics and these are all things that I've had issues with in my life and still actually do have issues with most of the time. Setting boundaries I thought was a really good one because so much has changed and I think and the last sort of 15, 16 months we've all had a kind of had time to look at our lives look at what we used to do how much we used to do saying yes to everything being available all the time and I think we've realised that we can't sustain that and we don't actually want to either. So I thought it'd be really good to talk about setting boundaries and kind of finding the power to say no because we say yes too much. So that's one of the topics we're going to be discussing today. Confidence, something I struggle with a lot. Self-confidence, digging deep and trying to find that confidence in whatever situation, whether it's speaking on the phone, job interviews, going out into the world, having to do different things that challenge you and kind of bring up these sort of fears and insecurities. And also within this episode, we're going to talk about self-assurance as well and self-esteem because it all kind of falls under the same umbrella. We need to have that sense of self-worth, our sense of self-confidence, self-assurance and setting boundaries in order to find the words and the power to say what we really mean and do what we really want. So we're going to speak to three amazing women today. Devi Brown, who is Chief Impact Officer at Deepak Chopra. She is on the Chopra app. I fell in love with Devi and her Instagram. And she has got the most amazing podcast, Dropping Gems podcast. And she's an author, crystal lover, and all-round amazing woman.
3: Everything is rooted in our level of self-awareness and i think that self awareness is the greatest growth hack in any field we're going to
2: speak again to dr tara swart who is a neuroscientist and also author of bestseller the source you probably have dyscalculia what's that is that like dyslexia but for numbers yeah. i think i must i didn't even know that's a thing how do you even spell that <laughs> And we're going to speak to Jane Ellis, who is the founder of High Times Yoga and Wellness. Jane is a Kundalini expert and a breakthrough coach. And Jane has totally turned her life around.
4: There are often two reasons that we say yes when really we want to say no, right? right. We're either frightened of losing something or we're trying to get something. Now, before we kick off this episode, I just want
2: to reiterate that we discuss a whole range of topics on the show. It's important for you to understand that I'm not a trained professional and any advice that I give is purely my own opinion. Now... If you want to engage in any of the therapies, the services, anything that we discuss throughout the series or in this show today, just make sure that you always talk to a trained and accredited professional so they can tailor their service to your particular health and medical needs. It's really important that you bear that in mind and that you speak to your GP or your doctor before you change anything. But I do want you to enjoy this episode. Right, let's get lifted. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, beautiful Debbie. How are you? Oh my gosh. I am just a little bit excited about this.
3: (laughs) Me too. I'm so excited. We made it happen. We made it
2: happen. Um, So it's called Get Lifting. And I thought, you know what? I love that title. If anybody can help to lift our mood, spirits, energy, vibe, it is you.
3: That is. So kind. Thank you. Um,
2: And you know what? You and I have had kind of similar backgrounds in a way. You know, you were in radio for 10 years. I was in radio yeah. for 10 years. It was breakfast radio. It was exhausting. It was yeah. <laughs> high energy, fun, trying to do everything as well as doing the show and then going to mm-hmm. events and saying yes to different jobs and all of this sort of thing. And you mm-hmm. had a similar thing to me. It was like burnout, you know, stress-induced yeah. burnout. And you took a step back and you totally changed your life and you've just got everything going on. You do it all. You are chief impact officer with Deepak Chopra, which is kind of major. Let me just. Start. I mean, he's amazing. Like, yeah, I have to say that he is incredible. <laughs> like basically, best buddies with with Deepak Chopra, which for me is just like, mm-hmm. um. And you've got like you you know Reiki healer. You love your crystals. Yeah. You're just everything about you. You've got your book, your podcast, and so thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. But I I just thought you know what it makes sense that we would talk about boundaries because mm. I feel like that is where it all started with you, with this emerging in this new way, this entrepreneur that you are now. Um, And I think it's because you did set those boundaries. You knew that you needed to take a step back and change your life. Mm, mm. So how do we do that? Like, I feel like a lot of us are kind of emerging now into this new world and we don't want to do the same things that we used to do. You know, life has changed massively. So how do we now put
3: these sort of boundaries into place and value our self-worth? Absolutely. I got to this point where I just... (laughs) I wanted to feel something more about the work that I did. I felt grateful for the success that it had brought me. I felt grateful for the really cool and unique and special experiences and opportunities that I had. But it was beginning to feel more like the surface of who I was and more vested in the perception that people were having of me or had of me. And I wanted to get a lot more deeply clear of what internally guides me, what internally motivates me. How can I take the work that I'm doing and make it not just entertaining for people, but how could I make it more impactful, more powerful for people? How could I weave in another layer of storytelling where it was actually beneficial for the person on the receiving end um, and and feeling more beneficial for myself? And so that was kind of, um, that's how I started uh, really deciding to just surrender to trust and to follow that instinct um, and see where it led me really. And it led me into now a life that, I mean, I deeply love the life that I live. I love, I love my life. Um, and that's not to say that when you are working in your purpose, everything is stress for or perfect. It is not. You know, work is work. Um, work in the world is work in the world. So even as an entrepreneur, even, you know, working for a company that I love, you know, there are the complexities of life. So it's still, you know, pretty hard work, but it feels like what I'm receiving in my soul and in my heart, um, the value has risen
2: uh, in extreme ways. It's fulfilling, it's fulfilling for you. So even on a day-to-day, you've got your deadlines, you've got your challenges, but still when you rest your head on the pillow at the end of the day, you know that it's enriching and fulfilling. Yeah, that's exactly it. I feel like for you, it wasn't just a eureka moment. This was something that was bubbling under the surface. So for those of us that kind of have that gut instinct, that intuition that something needs to change, that you're a little bit like coasting in something or you're in a relationship that you're not totally happy in or there's something that's wrong, Mm -hmm. how do you dig deep and find the courage to make
3: those changes? Everything is rooted in our level of (laughs) self-awareness. And I think that, you know, self-awareness is the greatest growth hack in any way, in any field. But if you apply self-awareness from a holistic perspective to your mind, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual categories, the ease in within which you are able to move through your life, the ease within which you are able to set and maintain healthy boundaries, it becomes so full and so, so... um light, so simple, but it really takes that investigation. And I think in certain areas, when we talk about self-awareness, it can also be used as a tool of avoidance, right? Because we can say to ourselves, I know exactly who I am. I know exactly how I'm perceived. I know what I'm doing. And then we can kind of stand behind that with this uh, trauma-informed confidence creating more of a structure of why we shouldn't be changing or growing why we shouldn't allow outside perspective or feedback mm. but true self-awareness is radical honesty with yourself it's it's really experiencing yourself without judgment and with a deep curiosity you know we have to be willing to look at our full selves which sometimes includes the pieces of us that other people don't know about and sometimes includes the pieces of us that we may have spent our entire lifetime running from yeah. but we can never be firm in our boundaries and set the kind of boundaries that positively inform and change our lives if we are not willing to be with ourselves at the core of who we are and sit in some of that darkness and just explore it and see where it leads us. Um, Because that's how we even are able to figure out one, what are the boundaries that will feel really healthy and delicious for us? Yeah. And then what are the reasons why I was ever... Not utilizing those boundaries. What were the pieces of my story that allowed me to have maybe sometimes tiny betrayals? Yeah, and a tiny betrayal of self, any betrayal of self, sometimes it's as simple as I said yes when I knew I wanted to say no. Yeah, to the email, to the extra work, to my partner, to the date. You know, anytime you are. Saying yes, when you'd really like to say no, you're leaking your personal power. You're leaking your essence. You are, you're truly letting yourself down in subtle ways. um, And that starts to build. And then usually that keeps us even farther away from our true authentic self and keeps us so much farther away from being able to set these beautiful healthy boundaries that will aid us in all the things we wanna accomplish.
2: Hi, Jane. So much has changed. We've changed so much in this last, you know, 15 months. And um, I don't know if we'll ever go back to how we used to be. Or I certainly don't want to go back to how I used to be. Maybe I should rephrase that because I realised that I was doing a lot of things I didn't necessarily want to do. I was seeing a lot of people I didn't necessarily want to see. And I didn't have boundaries. I I didn't listen to my intuition to tell me yes or no there's a lot of things that come into play i guess social pressure work pressure money issue all sorts of things but i just thought you were such a great person to talk to about this um because you totally changed your life around didn't you i absolutely. mean absolutely tell us your story and then just give us some advice on going forward and how we can really do what we want to do and be happy that
4: we've made that decision and not live with that guilt of like, they're never going to talk to me again. Oh my God, I lost my job. From my perspective, boundaries are absolutely key nowadays for our own Mm. self-care. And the problem really lies in that many of us have been taught and conditioned to respond very quickly in our lives you know the computer age the iphone we are training ourselves to react really fast and being fast uh is is celebrated or has been celebrated until quite recently so we've trained ourselves to react very quickly react without thinking respond without thinking and the other thing about boundaries is that we, many of us have been taught that saying yes is good and saying no is bad or it's negative. Yeah. So we've practiced saying yes, no problem. Yes, no problem. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. But when it comes to saying no, we haven't practiced that. We're not comfortable with it. And many of us have been programmed, conditioned, however you want to say it, uh, to believe that when we say no, it's not a good thing. Yeah. Straight away, straight away, you think it's like bad that you that you've done something wrong. Well, you feel bad. You're just like, "How oh, am I going to say no?" Or you know, so you feel that feeling inside. And this is because we're running on these patterns and habits, and what we do a lot of feels familiar and comfortable, as we all know. And acting in a new way can feel uncomfortable, right? Yeah. But it's really important before we start trying to sort of change the way we are inside that we start to understand that when it comes to boundaries, there are often two reasons that we can say yes when really we don't have the energy or we want to say no, right? right. Yeah. So it's really good to understand this. So the two reasons are typically or often that we're either frightened of losing something yep. or we're trying to get something.
2: Yeah. Okay? i that, that makes total sense. Yes, yes, on both of those.
4: So, you know, we're either frightened that someone won't talk to us or they'll leave us or we won't get the business or we won't remain relevant, you know, whatever arena you're in, or we are trying to get something outside of us yeah uh, acceptance popularity love security validation you know when we work really hard because I know this was something that I did certainly in my old life I worked incredibly hard mm-hmm. um, it can often be because we want to feel worthy and we want to feel validated and no matter how much we work or how much we do or how much we give if we believe that we don't have something within us we're always going to feel that way. It doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter how hard we work or what we do or how much we give to the outside world. This is a belief that we have something missing from within us. So
2: Debbie, how do we set those boundaries in place?
3: Sometimes it's so helpful, Lisa, to explore the interpersonal dynamics we have because, you know, I've had experiences where it's really been a gift because people pushing my boundaries when I'm able to stand back and observe perhaps what is the mechanism for why they're doing that or why they're trying to force this projection on me, it frees me because I'm also understanding how many people are walking around with their wounding leading them. And for a lot of people, It is actually this mechanism in them when they're pushing you for a yes, especially in the workplace. You know, if you've set a boundary of, I can't respond to this after this, or this isn't necessary right now, but someone is pushing, it's just five minutes. It only takes a second. got to hop on a quick call. Can you just answer this email? It's really a lot of their childhood wounding coming out because we all know you know, something can wait till tomorrow. For the most part, with exception of the brain surgeons, yeah. none of us are doing brain surgery each day, right? Like <laughs> a lot of the things that we're working with in our workspaces are not life or death. They can absolutely wait, not just a night, usually a couple weeks. You know, like we have this false sense of productivity um, and a lot of people that are, are, are pressurizers in the workplace or the people that are often um, the those that are are pushing challenges towards us, it's their own wounding and their own desire to be validated, to be seen. Um, sometimes it can feel for people who have a certain type of trauma displaying, it can feel really satisfying and safe when they can push you to do something you didn't wanna do that they want you to do. And that's fulfilling a completely different need in them. But then it's also creating like a deeper well of many self betrayals in you. And so I I offer this up best to say, whether it's you find yourself in that scenario I just described or not, it's interesting to begin to turn your lens to observation, to be able to take that split second moment of reaction, Mm. take a breath and say, is there something deeper at play here? that it would benefit me to know about or to look at before I make my decision.
2: Jane, it is still so
4: challenging, isn't it? I mean, we talk about getting conscious and, you know, lots of words are thrown around and people say, well, how do you even get conscious? You know, what is being conscious? But it's just really about making time to hesitate before you respond. You know, hesitate, tune into yourself, And start to ask yourself, why am I doing this? Mm. Is this good for me? How do I feel about doing this? You know, it's really about slowing everything down, because we're not practiced in slowing down and trusting and listening to our own self. So everyone else starts to govern our energy. They may not have, uh, you know, hours of meditation. This isn't about sitting on a mountain and This is just about really starting to make friends with your own self. Yeah. You know, spending time with your own self. Um, Like any relationship, if you were trying to build build back a relationship that you didn't have, you've met someone, you really like them, you want to build this relationship with them, you'd spend time with them, you'd listen to them, you'd nurture that time, you'd respect what they said and what they told you we don't do that with our own self. We're so busy going, okay, no problem. Oh, yeah, let me respond. Let me react. You know, we give away, we give out, we give out. But really what we need to start doing is just hesitating, listening, nurturing, mm. and then consciously responding through choice rather than habit.
2: So you just said something that just sort of... Sp- sparked a memory. Um, and it was when you get in a new relationship. And I think that is when boundaries are tested. For me, they've always been tested because I would give that new person may be too much or listen to them too much or ignore my own self or put them first to the detriment of me and my health and my needs. And I'd just be like, no, no, that's fine. No. They said something that maybe it, I didn't like, but then I was like, oh, that's fine. It's probably just maybe I'm just having an off day. And it was always them first and me second. And that's where my boundaries notoriously have been skewed and messed up. We've completely gone off topic, but we haven't gone off topic. We've gone off like onto a, around the corner for a second just because that it resonated. And, and I find that that is when I have been so vulnerable to my boundaries being abused through other people and from me
4: as well yeah absolutely relevant absolutely important and it's all very well we can sit here and talk about oh yes let's get conscious let's you know listen to ourselves but when we're in a new relationship and we are you know you know we really want that person to love us fundamentally you know we are trying to get them to love us but what I would say to anyone is think about the friend that always says yes to you and then think about the friend that always tells you the truth. Yeah, the one that you know, you may not like what she's going to say, but she's going to tell you the truth. Which one would you rather be? Would you be the like to be the one that's always like, yeah, no problem, no problem, no problem? Or would you like to be the one that everyone respects because she always speaks her truth, she tells you the truth, who do you go to for advice, who do you listen to the most? It's the friend that tells you the truth. Yeah, it's the friend course. that gives you the hard, you know, the hard truth. And so what you want to do, you want to think, yeah, actually, I have more respect for that type, that person. Um, and it's feeling comfortable around how we express, um, this doesn't feel comfortable for me. Yeah, And I think the first step, like you said, when you meet someone new and you really want to please them, and yet there's a part of you that feels a little bit of that twinge of like, oh, that didn't feel very comfortable. They've asked me to do this or go here or they haven't phoned and you know I actually don't feel very comfortable in the way that this relationship is going I Mm
3: -hmm.
4: really start to understand that we all especially women really if you have a pen and paper write this down put it on your wall start to practice asking for what you want rather than accepting what you're given Hmm. But really, I think what COVID has given us is this space, like you said, when we started this chat very wisely, a space to look at our lives and understand if we really do want to do the things we're doing, if we really do want to have those friendships, do we want to have friendships that make us feel guilty when we feel that we, our energy is so depleted we can't give any more?
2: hi tara hi oh my god there's so much i want to talk to you about but one thing that that i that i actually feel quite emotional about it because um it's that lack of self-confidence and self-belief I want to not feel like that anymore. I want that Mm. to go. And I know that we've spoken before in the past about the portal and I know there's ways to kind of Jedi mind trick yourself. but And and I feel like sometimes I'm on a really strong path of feeling fabulous and then something will happen and I'll just feel like I'll go back a hundred steps and this sort of fear creeps in again and that sort of self-confidence becomes an issue.
3: Mm.
0: It's so interesting because... I've got to know you, and you're you're definitely sensitive to things like the full moon or hormones or you mm. know and there's there's so many cycles in life that that we're subject to, and I can see that you're very perceptive and aware of that, and it you know it affects you and you feel it and that's that's wonderful in a sense, but then there's a dichotomy between that and how everybody else sees you. And then, you know, it's so interesting because you're admired by so many people. But I know that sometimes deep down, you don't feel that. And I think that's the case for, you know, everyone. It's normal. But yeah,
2: because most people know me and they think I'm so confident. I'm so fearless. And I in reality, I am scared pretty much every single day
0: before I do anything. So you can obviously turn it around really quickly. But it can't just be a surface level Mm. change that you make. Mm. For you, I can really sense that it has to be, it has to go deeper, it has to go to the subconscious level, because those thoughts that you have, they are underpinned by some subconscious belief about yourself. And, you know, this is very prevalent in people who have achieved great success, but, but not come from that. So everyone I speak to that's super successful says, you know, I grew up without money, without, you know, lots of options and everything. I'm I'm like, I haven't heard a single really successful person say, I grew up really rich and had an easy life, you know. So I think it kind of comes with the territory. And we know that with the Erickson's psychosocial stages of childhood development, there are certain age groups where if, and you know, I'm not talking about necessarily like huge trauma, but some kind of major event in your childhood Mm -hmm. that can often make you much more resilient happens. And where Freud used to say, if you have a disruption in childhood, this is what's going to be wrong with you later. What Erickson says is there's a vice and a virtue. And a lot of really successful people have this around the age of sort of five to nine, that something disrupted them. And it can just be that, you know for a lot of people it's that their mother was in hospital so they were separated from their mother for some time and the dichotomy there is inferiority versus industry now industry means hard work mm-hmm. so you see a lot of like really top ceos and successful people who've worked so hard to achieve what they've got but they have this imposter syndrome or inferiority mm-hmm. complex deep down inside and it's okay if it's not debilitating for you you know you know if you sit at home and think I can't believe this happened to me. I can't believe I've made it. You know, I don't really feel like that person that should be in the corner office, but I am. That's manageable. Mm -hmm. If it starts to, you know, almost like cripple you when you have to perform or hang around with, you know, certain other people, then I think one deserves to do the deep work that can get rid of that. And there's a few ways of expressing it that I've sort of, you know, experienced in my own life and also with clients and patients, which is, what are you still fighting to prove that you don't need to fight for anymore? Because, you know, when we come from a sort of a young age, having to either get validation from others or prove ourselves in some way, we can get to um, a stage of life where we've more than proven that to everybody else. But inside us, we still that little girl that feels like, you know, I want my parents to be proud of me or I want to, you know, show that I deserve my place in the world.
2: It is crippling for me on some days, it really is, you know, like, and there's a big event that I need to prepare for, and I literally lose sleep over it. Mm. Confidence is something that affects me um, when it comes to work, when it comes to some social occasions as well, mostly work, I'd say, because I just instinctively think I can't do it, I wouldn't be able to do a good job. And then when I get over that fear, and I kind of process it, and then I go and I do it, and and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, then... Sometimes I'm really proud because I've achieved it and I just think, yeah, I absolutely smashed it. Other times I pick holes in my performance, in my conversation, mm. in things that I've said. And that mm. is as damaging because it's just, mm. why can't I just shut that down and just be like, you know what? You've done it now. Let it go. Just let it go. And I just wish
0: I could do it, be proud and walk away. Yeah, and, and learn from anything that perhaps was, you know, yeah sub excellent but I mean I don't want to put you on the spot in public but I'd love to know what's behind all this because this won't be coming from nowhere and you might need to address those root causes
2: I mean I you know I I I, is that always childhood is that always usually yeah 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 I mean I guess feeling quite stupid as a child perhaps I think that has that has impacted massively on my confidence. And, you know, for me, my dad was like, he's really smart and I I could never understand. Say maths, for example, I just couldn't get it. I just didn't. I'm not, I don't have a mathematical brain. Mm -hmm. And I just remember him just being so, what's the word? Just like, he just couldn't get that my brain didn't work or fathom things the way that his does. I'm just not academic in that way it looked like another language you know there you was probably all these...
0: have dyscalculia
2: what's that is that like dyslexia but for yeah. numbers and figures yeah. I yeah. think I must I didn't even know that's a thing how do you even spell that
0: I mean you know it's only now that people are really recognizing um dyslexia but in our generation if you had that you know, you were just a bad student.
2: Yes. Oh and my! People gosh. don't even
0: know about dyscalculia. I bet you've, got bet you've got dyscalculia.
2: Yeah. I love that. I'm going to, to call my dad straight away and be like, yeah. "Did you know? I had a diagnosis from a professor, <laughs> yeah. medical doctor, professor, <laughs> a neuroscientist for dyscalculia." Like, <laughs> okay, brilliant. I'm going to tell him that because, I literally, like algebra and 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 equations and all of that stuff, I look at it and it's just swimming in front of me, and I'm like,
0: oh. Honestly, oh my- Google Discalculia and see Discalculia. and read about it and see if you think you've
2: got it. Oh my God. This is so brilliant. I feel like a whole weight is lifted. <laughs> this is fabulous. Okay, cool. But because of the um the pathways in my brain, I can change this though. I can change the way I think. I, I know it's gonna take a lot of work and I'm prepared mm. to do it. And I mm. and I want I, you know, obviously. I want to change this because I don't want to waste any more time, you know, analysing, worrying, feeling fearful. I mean, I just, yeah, I I just, I feel like I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) cry.
0: Well, so let me tell you something. Crying is actually your nervous system becoming more fluid. Yeah. Which means that you're open to change. And Mm. the thing that I feel about you the most is that it's how much you care. If you didn't yeah. care, you wouldn't think about these things and you wouldn't cry. So that really strong desire to change is there. And I think until neuroplasticity came along, until yeah. I walked into your life, yeah. <laughs> um, it felt, you know, we've always thought that that can't change. But the fact that, you know, I, I always, I call neuroplasticity hope.
2: Yeah. I, think that, can, I, I love the yeah. word. I didn't even know it until I started reading the source. And I was like, neuroplasticity, this is incredible. <laughs> this makes sense. I love this word. Yeah. And it is, it's fabulous. I mean, it is hope. It's pure hope. It's mm-hmm. like, because you think, oh, my God, I'm so set in my ways. I'm 49. I'm going to be 50 next year. That's a <laughs> lot. That's a lot of years to have been. Going over the same ground, and you know, yeah, I've made huge progress. I know I have because I was very, um, I was very unhappy for a very long time, and so I know that it's possible through therapy, through wanting to change, through journaling, through you know the action board, and all of those amazing things that you do recommend in the source. Um, you know, there, there, there is hope and there is possibilities, but then I still think, God, I've still got so much work to do because, like, the imposter syndrome flares up every now and then and I think if I didn't have that what I could be capable of so much more and sometimes I think god you just you know it's like teaching an old dog new tricks it's that kind of those really negative sayings that you just think
0: which have been blown out of the water by neuroplasticity because now when, when people say can you teach an old dog new tricks the answer is yes because of neuroplasticity When people say, and this is stretching it a bit, but when people say, can a leopard change its spots? Actually, the answer is yes, because of epigenetics and neuroplasticity. So even, you know, more physiological characteristics can be changed. And, you know, an interesting thing for people to think about, because you said, is it always childhood? And I think a lot of people will will resonate with the fact that it is. But there are some people who don't have an identifiable, you know, childhood event or series of events that could have caused imposter syndrome or inferiority complex. But there's something called transgenerational trauma, which is where entire communities of people and, you know, examples are like slavery and people in Cambodia and Vietnam where entire generations were traumatised. That has a trickle-down effect on future generations. So things like anxiety can be because, you know, you had a parent who... um express themselves very loudly and angrily and um, but they became like that because they had an anxious parent I mean it's very complicated but things come down through generations as well so I've heard that actually yeah yeah I've heard that so can you explain a little
2: bit about neuroplasticity for those of us who for those who haven't read the book (laughs) Um, that are going to want to read the book after this
0: yeah it's all in the book Um, basically it's the ability of the brain to change and grow throughout life. So if you think about zero to two, I know you've got lots of nephews and nieces, so you will have seen, you know, how much like a sponge their brain is, like how much they learn in that time. And, uh, you know, apart from just the more intangible learning, they literally go from being completely helpless and vulnerable to walking, talking, managing their own bowels and bladder within two years. And, hopefully hopefully (laughs) yeah okay roughly two roughly two um we used to think that by the time you stopped physically growing so sort of 18 to 20 that your brain became set your personality your intelligence all of that kind of stayed the same from then on now we know what's really interesting is that that process is very active until you're about 25 so the brain doesn't actually really mature We, we we Forgive a lot of adolescents for, you know, having a brain that's kind of going through a lot of change. But that process is going on until 25. And I think that's quite helpful for parents of older children to know. Um, And then from 25 to, you know, I think now people are working till they're 70, 75. So that sort of period of your life, the ability for your brain to grow and change is still there, but it's less proactive so you have to do things to keep it flexible and adaptable. And that's basically new learning. And it has to be quite intense learning. So it's not just crosswords and Sudoku, unless you find them extremely challenging. It's things like learning a new language, spending time with people who are really different to you, traveling, traveling cooking playing a musical instrument so these things that force your brain to physically change mm. give you other benefits which just means that you're more adaptable and resilient because you're continually putting yourself through challenge and the other thing to to know about neuroplasticity that i think is really important and you know will be quite relevant to you is that it's hope yeah but that's if you focus on on good things. If you continually dwell on negative thoughts, if Mm -hmm. you look at bad news all the Mm -hmm. time on the TV, if you hang around with toxic people that, you know, put you down with a little comment, give you a compliment in the one hand, but then sort of put you down with the other, that chips away at you. Literally, your brain is molded and shaped by everything that you expose it to. Mm -hmm. Everything you eat, everything you watch on TV, everything you hear from the people around you, and every memory that you recall. So, I think now that you know that just remember that when you start thinking I'm not good enough I can't do it that's what you're telling your brain and you're impressing that upon your brain yeah. more by repeating it so a good trick to overcome that it's and it comes from an ancient Buddhist philosophy which they say replace every negative thought the positive thought now in terms of neuroplasticity Don't worry about the first 18 years of your life. But think sort of from 18 until now, which is more like 30 years rather than 50, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, you've been going through certain thought patterns and therefore you've embedded and entrenched pathways in your brain that are beliefs about yourself. Yeah. So each time you have one of those, you should have either a list of accomplishments in your journal or compliments that people have given you or just even a positive affirmation that you've made up for yourself that's unique to you. So, you know, you get down to the, let's use your example of, I was stupid as a child. So, Mm. you know, what's underneath this is, I'm stupid. Yeah. So you need to make a new one up, which is, I. you know, I've got my own version of smart. It it doesn't have to be like a ridiculously opposite statement that's, you know, not true. So, like, (laughs) you you couldn't say, I'm a professor, (laughs) but... (laughs) I mean, I could, could, but that would be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But you could say, I've, you know, I've got my own version of smart. Yeah. And every time you think,
2: street smart, baby, street smart. Street
0: smart. Yeah. I love it. That's a good one. I'm savvy.
2: I'm savvy in other ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah exactly that's a lovely one and you know you completely lit up and you said it so I think that's it I'm savvy that's it I'm savvy yeah okay
2: that's really good because you're right it's like it's going down the same old bloody street isn't it I'm gonna try and have faith in neuroplasticity and the new pathways forming in my brain yeah so Devi you're massively inspiring And I just thought, you know what, your gorgeous gems of of advice and magic are just going to help so many people. So let's get back to self-confidence and self-esteem. How do we do it? How do we check in?
3: Yeah. One, thank you so much for those gorgeous reflections, Lisa. I'm I'm really grateful. And that means so much because you are just, you're such a radiant being in the world. And so to get that reflection from you, my heart is like, my heart chakra is just blowing and floating green right now. Um, oh, thank you. You know, the thing I think about confidence is it's so important for us to remember. We all imagine that you're either born with it or you're not. The thing is, we're each born with it. We're each born as the brightest, most glorious version of our authentic selves. Each of us as a new soul comes into the world that way, completely whole, completely worthy, completely enough. And then life and sometimes our family systems or the structures at play, they slowly from birth start to pull us away from that knowing or create these little obstacles in front of that knowing that we inherently came in with. And so what I found is that to be in remembrance of your wholeness, to reestablish that connection to the most authentic, powerful you, which is where our perceived confidence is birthed from, Mm -hmm. it's really about the continual practice of it. The observation of self without judgment Mm -hmm. and the commitment to what your personal value system is. I think, in order to have confidence, that's authentic. That's not narcissism, right? Um, every human being, really, that isn't a narcissist um, or a sociopath or has a certain kind of personality disorder, we all have a little bit of people pleaser in us because yes. society trains us in that way. You know, even if we're coming from the most whole, nurturing families, um, society really guides us in that direction because it serves societal purposes. Um, yes. Yeah. But when we're having, when we're building our confidence. It's really about the practice. And if we can set intentions around it, you know, if, if anyone listening desires to feel more connected to their authenticity so they can make decisions from the seat of their personal power, yes, set an intention around it, you know, tonight before bed or after listening to the show, take a moment, close your eyes, maybe put your right hand over your heart and say, you know, my intention is to become and radiate my authentic self. My intention is to be fully myself, connected to source in each moment. And if there's something else, maybe some other words that are coming up that feel really uniquely connected to you, replace what I may have offered with those words, because we each really know ourselves far more deeply than we give ourselves credit for. But even just saying that intention out loud, making that connection, you know, oftentimes many of us have seen um, the power of like a vision board or the power of making a goals list for our career saying, I want to be here by this age, or I want to make this much, or I want to make that happen. And we see oftentimes how easy we're able to actually manifest or will things into being, Yeah. but then we don't turn that same lens and have that same level of faith in doing that for the ways that we want to grow internally or the ways that we want to show up or be perceived in the world. And so if we can give our personal lives, our internal lives, our spiritual lives, the same level of intention, of deliberate action, and a vision that we give other things in our lives, even down to maybe the item we're saving for, the vacation we want to go on.
2: Yeah,
3: We're able to unlock pieces of us in such an accelerated way that positively inform our lives. So to build up more confidence, to be able to be in a position to set those healthy boundaries for ourselves, it's setting that powerful intention. One, state what you want. How do you want to show up in the world? Also set an intention. How do you want to feel about yourself? And one that kind of um, can really powerfully speak to not just what we're calling in, but maybe even go past the limited view we may currently have of ourselves is simple as I am free or my intention is to be free my intention is to be emotionally free. My intention is to be healed. Deepen it a step further. Say to yourself, my intention is to remember my wholeness, not to be whole. You're already that. We forgot our connection to it, right? But my intention is to remember my wholeness. Yeah. You start saying that to yourself every day, you wake up, look in the mirror and say that to yourself. You go to bed with your hand on your heart and you say that to yourself. Watch your life change. Watch your life radically change into something you could have never imagined. Wow.
2: I'm getting a bit emotional over here, Devi. What's coming I, up? I just feel like it's beautiful and it's, and it's not easy for people to... And even for me to put my hand on my heart and to say these things, because sometimes you just feel like there's something holding you back. But I know just baby steps, slowly, slowly start with, like you said, I am free. And then it becomes easier, I guess, each day, each day it becomes easier and you become more connected with yourself. And then it becomes more like you
3: want more and you feel more and it's just gets bigger and bigger. Oh my gosh, that's exactly, I mean, what you just said is exactly it. It's exactly it. And that's why, you know, I'd really like, especially for everyone getting started to sit in having a mantra or an affirmation that is specifically saying, I remember my wholeness because it allows spirit to direct the energy needed to the places it knows it needs to go. And it helps us relinquish control around how it's going to show up or happen. You know, we all, we all need healing. We all have pieces of us um, that terrify us. Mm -hmm. We all have experiences in our lives that perhaps did not receive our consent. And so it's being able to come into a space of knowing you don't have to have it all figured out of how to heal that, but you can just set the intention to be healed and allow the universe, allow divine energy to come in and guide that where it needs to go. And I know I know, for some people listening, you know, that this sounds so huge. Yeah. This sounds scary. Some people may be even saying, this is ridiculous. There's no way that could happen. Not with my story or not with the way I feel about me, you know, but it's, it's the gentleness of letting go one of this idea that you're broken and need to be fixed. You are enough in this moment. But now let's call in some resources for ourselves. Let's call in some tools. Everyone is deserving of their healing. Every single person is deserving of their own love, of feeling healed, of feeling whole, of feeling safe inside of their bodies. And sometimes challenges have gotten in the way of that, but we do have the ability, even if we don't know how to get there, we do have the ability to begin that path and allow ourselves to receive what we need. Wow. Oh my God. You know, on the days that I feel really um, sometimes overwhelmed, you know, again, like Work is work. Even when it's the work that's your purpose and the work of your soul, it's still time. It's still energetic and emotional, mental output. You know, there's still all the things in life and global pandemic and, you know, all of of the things.
2: Challenges, left, right and center. Yeah.
3: Obstacles. And sometimes it's just let me go outside. Let me take my shoes off. Let me plant my feet in the soil. Let me look up at the sky. Let me perhaps even just try to find something green I want to look at, a plant, a flower. Let me stare at the flower for a few moments and just focus on my breath. These are all things that take such um, such limited amounts of time. You know, it can be done in 30 seconds and a couple minutes or gift yourself the afternoon. But it's all of these tiny details, these tiny intentional steps forward that are what shape the path.
2: Debbie, because the podcast is called Get Lifted,
3: I wanted to ask what lifts you. I love that. And I love the name of this podcast. Like it just, even saying it makes me feel joy inside. You know, what's really getting me lifted lately Um, is like adding more delight in my life and little moments and knowing that I deserve it. Like- reorganizing my bathroom, right? I went and I got this really beautiful, it's actually a cake platter, but it's like a marble cake platter. And I put it on my bathroom counter and I just really thoughtfully arranged all my skincare to look as if I was walking into a department store every morning. Beautiful. I know that might sound like, you know, a little silly, but it gives me Delight, like it's something that makes me smile. It's when I do my skincare or even when I'm doing my hair, I like to stop and I look in the mirror and I tell myself something really kind about me that I notice that I really like. You know, and we don't have to only celebrate ourselves for the big wins or the big moments, it's something that you're good at that doesn't actually matter to the world, but it's something you like about yourself.
2: Well, what can I say? Um, extremely revealing episode. I definitely got overwhelmed quite a few times with emotion. Um, I opened up a lot and so much of it strikes a chord, um, especially when Debbie says, you know, every time we say yes when we really mean no it's that those tiny betrayals to ourself and it just makes me feel so emotional because I just think we do that so often to the detriment of what we really want you know and um it's it's something to think about for sure and speaking to Tara about my diagnosis I mean who knew I've got dyscalculia you know I was never academic at school and I just didn't get a lot of what I was being taught um You know, I was in remedial a lot and it's had a huge impact on my my confidence. I've always felt massively insecure and inferior of people who are traditionally academically smart. So that is something to bear in mind as well. And then speaking to Jane about sort of that quick reaction of, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, I'll do it. Rather than taking a beat or taking a minute or taking an hour to read what is requested of us or respond slowly and really kind of think, Oh, do I want to do this? Am I just saying yes because I'm a people pleaser? So lots to think about. I would recommend going back and listening again. Um, thank you so much to Debbie. Thank you to Jane and thank you to Tara. Invaluable lessons that, like I said, brought lumps to my throat many times. Thank you for listening along. Um, I really hope that it's, it's helped you and that lots has resonated with you and that you can put some of this into play and we can have some ownership of our lives and what we want to do and what we're prepared to do. I'd love for you to follow Get Lifted. I'd love it if you would rate and review it. If you're listening on Apple, you can go to the bottom. You can give it some stars preferably five, and write a little review. I love reading them. I love, love, love it. I really appreciate it as well. Um, If you're listening on Acast, you can also give it a little rating. Um, And if you're listening on Spotify or Amazon, I don't think you can. But I truly appreciate you listening along. And spread the word so more people get to listen to Get Lifted. Thank you so much for listening. Again, this little funky track in the background. Get downloading. It's called The Love. It's by Natural Symphonies. It's an amazing guy called Jodine who makes this music by himself with the power of the plants. This is the tune that the plants have made. It is the Get Lifted theme tune. So I would love it if you would get downloading. And by doing that, we can replant trees in the Amazon because every download plants a tree. So we are helping to give back. Thank you, thank you so much. I adore you all, my Get Lifted community. See you next week.